Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. Welcome back. We're in episode number 39, and we're talking about the title of our, of our episode today is It's All in How You Say What You Say. It's all in how you say what you say. And we're talking about Solomon and Song of Solomon, and we're really jumping into some of the secrets in the Song of Solomon because there's so much stuff packed in eight chapters of this little book in the Bible called the Song of Solomon. And there's so much in relation to how God sees us and how God's, what that relationship with him actually truly looks like. And it is so far different than most times what we've been painted or handed. We've been given an airbrushed image of God saying, hey, this is it. You know, I, I use this, when I look at Song of Solomon, I use this analogy and that is if, if I wanted to teach my son, if my son said, hey, dad, you know, he's 12, he says, hey, dad, teach me how a uh, relationship between a man and a woman, is, what that exists and what that looks like. And I said, well, here's a stack of Playboy magazines or pornographic material. Read this and then it'll show you exactly what you, how that looks. You know, he would read it and he would look at it and he would digest it and he'd develop an appetite for something that was not correct. He'd have a skewed vision or a version of what an actual relationship between a man and a woman looks like. And in fact, he'd become so interested and so um, hooked on an airbrushed image that when real relationship came along, it would scare the fire out of him. And he would take a step back and say, ah, this isn't comfortable. I'm going to go retreat back to where I was comfortable. And that was in a world that was fake. It was false. It was airbrushed. And the fact is that God has been handed out to people in an airbrushed version saying, God is angry with you if you do this. He hates you if you do this. He's mad at you to do this. And the fact is God says, wait, whoa, whoa, John 3, 16. Let me just introduce you to what real relationship is. And people read the Song of Solomon. And as you start to really unpack what God's heart and his nature of his heart for you, it scares people because it shocks us. It's like, whoa, this is what real relationship looks like. Is This relationship with God is not dependent on me? Like this is all was given to me? I don't know how to respond to this. Let me retreat back to my 16 ways to make God happy routine or my burn myself out trying to please God, trying to summon God's presence into my life. Uh, the understanding that, that this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells within me, Romans 8, 11 says. The, this, this idea, understanding Romans 5, 1, it says we've been given peace with God. The war is over. He's on our side. He brought us to him. He reconciled us to himself and, and we stand completely in his righteousness. He made us clean and, and he keeps us clean. Wait, wait, I don't understand that. And, and we retreat and because we don't know well, if I, what's to stop me from running off and living like a party animal now that I know that I'm clean. Really? Is that really what you want to do? You know, ask people all the time, well, what, what do you want to do? If I believe what you believe, Daniel, about God's heart for me, then I just go do whatever I wanted to do. I said, you should. What is it you want to do? It gets real quiet. Do you really want to go out and blow your mind on drugs? Well, no. Do you really want to go out and do all this stuff? Well, no. No, because a relationship with Christ, if you understand it, what you understand is that he changed me. The cross changed everything. Like he changed my nature. He changed my wanter. It changed. So when you look at this Song of Solomon chapter four, it's really what we're jumping into. And this is the, 
this is awesome stuff, man. He's just jumping in and Solomon is describing to her. He's describing things about her that he finds attractive. And he talked about her hair. He talked about her name. He talked about her teeth. And, and he's demonstrating a whole lot of things. But each time he addresses something, he is healing an inner wound of her heart. And let me just say, the Christian life, to stand up in boldness and confidence with God, doesn't come just because you go through a read your Bible plan in a year. You know, it comes because you ask the Holy Spirit of God, who is the divine teacher. You say, lead me into truth about how God feels about me. Teach me every day something about you and your heart for me. You have to go with the teacher. You've got to let the teacher do his thing. I'm going to set a chapter, okay, from one to one. I'm going to read this one here. and it, Okay, well, and you know what? You're not going to, you don't understand anything. You're like, you're not going to feel anything about God. Now you're going to get stuff because the Bible is chocked full of riches. But if you want to know his heart for you, ask him to show it to you. Song of Solomon did that for me. When I asked God to show me your heart for me, what Song of Solomon did is it showed me who I was. It showed me my identity in him. And identity brings purpose 100% of the time. Song of Solomon chapter 4 and verse number 3, we'll jump right into it. If you want to check out any of the other podcasts, they're all on iTunes or Podbean. You can go back, Lakeside with Daniel, you can go back and find those. And, and I encourage you to click and subscribe. It's free to subscribe. And you get these updated as we go through it. And I know you're going to love those. Song of Solomon 4, verse number 3 says, Thy lips are like a thread of scarlet, and thy speech is comely. Thy temples are like a piece of pomegranate within thy locks. And you remember in a past episode, we talked about how uh, Solomon equated things uh, with the way he felt about her with an object that she can taste, touch, smell, or see. And this was by design because he wanted her to be able to identify with how she made him feel. And so he talks about her lips being a thread of scarlet and her speech is comely and her temple is like a piece of pomegranate within the locks. And we're going to look at just one little aspect, maybe two aspects of this passage here this morning on this episode rather. And so Solomon is describing the lips of his bride and their physical appearance. He's saying they're not, they're just thin, they're just really delicate. He says, your lips are like a thread of scarlet. They're, they're beautiful. He talks about the color and he talks about the, 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 the width of them. And then suddenly he goes deeper in expressing what her lips cause him to notice about her. He didn't just say, girl, your lips are fine. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about her lips and he just jumps right into something and says, hey, your lips caused me to notice something. They caused me to notice your temples. Solomon noticed her temples. He says, your temples are like a piece of pomegranate within thy locks. Now, her hair would have covered her temples, right? Within that locks. It implies that it's within or it's behind or it's inside. And he says, hey, when your lips speak, my eyes are drawn not to your lips. When my eyes travel up, I find myself looking between the locks of your hair. I look at your temples when you talk to me. And what is so, what's the deal with that? You know, the temples are the thinnest layer of skin on the human body. And the temples also are powerful because they reveal a, personal's, a person's emotions with clarity. Solomon was telling his bride that her words mattered to him because they revealed her passion when she spoke. He noticed her passion and he noticed the things that she was passionate about. Her passion and her heart were beautiful to him. You don't get passionate about things that are not heavy on your heart. 
as she would talk about growing up, she talked about wounds in her life. She talked about the different things that went on with her. He would look at her temples as she talked and he'd say, this person's really, really passionate about this. And, and when things that you love will cause passion to be seen in your temples and things that you hate will cause passion to be seen in your temples. Man, you don't talk to your uh, someone you're angry with and your temples are fine, man. Sometimes a little vein pops out or they just kind of throb a little bit. What is that? It's this blood pumping up there. It's like, man, there's, this matters to this person right now. And let me just say that this is a beautiful picture that God notices things that stir your heart. This tells me when I read this passage, if God is the pursuer, if he is the king and I am the bride, I'm the pursued, what this tells me, this picture, is that God values and God knows and it matters to God the things that stir my heart and he loves the way that I speak about things with passion. God loves the way that you speak about things that you are passionate about. Why? Because your passion reveals where your heart is on a given matter. It is impossible for me to talk about Song of Solomon. I'm just, I, you know, when I'm recording this in the little studio room that I'm using, um, I got this mirror in front of me, right? And I'm looking, I'm looking at the mirror I'm, as I'm talking. Right now, I see my temples are kind of throbbing. <laughs> I get passionate about the heart of God. I get passionate about how he feels about me. I get passionate about all this stuff. And so, man, God notices that your passion reveals where your heart is on a given matter. What are you passionate about? Man, what are you passionate about? That cause that, you, that stirs you up, man. What is it about you? What is it about your life that you get passionate about? Do you get passionate about your kids? Do you get passionate about what you do uh, for a living? Do you get passionate about where you invest your time? Where do you invest your money in? Do you get passionate about causes or uh, different processes going on in your life? What makes you, what stirs your passion? What ignites your passion? Never feel bad about expressing your passion for what stirs you to action. And this passion, this 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 passion is that's seen in this in this in this passage here. It tells me, Dan, Daniel, never get never get ashamed of that. The day comes that I stop getting passionate about helping people find God's heart for them, is the day that you could just put a nail in the coffin if they still nail coffins down. I don't know if they do or not. I'm gonna have to do some investigation into that. I think they just sort of close the lid and clip it shut. But what stirs my passion is helping people understand God's heart for them. I don't ever want to feel bad about that. Do you know that God is aware? He's aware of what stirs you. He's aware of what stirs you. And he loves it. He loves to see your heart. He loves to see your passion because your passion is proof positive that you have purpose. Your passion is proof positive that you're breathing, that you have a mission, that you have a life. What makes you passionate, what stirs your passion, it matters to God because God is concerned with your heart. He said people look on the outside appearance because I always look at the heart. I look at the heart. The heart stirs me. The human heart, what stirs that person? What causes that person to get up? What is your why? If you heard that question, what is your why? I get up in the morning, I go to work, why? I make money, why? I do this, why? <laughs> I do this for recreation, why? Why do I read a book? Why do I prefer music over a book? Why do I prefer books over music? Why do I enjoy this type of movie? Why do I enjoy this type of music? Why do I enjoy... What is my why? What stirs your passion? What ignites it? Is it seeing people reach their potential? Does that stir your passion? Maybe it's your family. Your family stirs your passion. You're passionate about your family. You're passionate about your kids. You're passionate about what you do for a living. It's okay. What stirs it? What stirs it? God says, I want you to know, Daniel... I want you to know your passion is beautiful to me. Your passion is a proof that you're alive. 
Your passion is proof that you have purpose in your life. What is your passion? What stirs your heart when you think about your relationship with a God who notices and is concerned with every detail of your life? What stirs your heart about that? Man, what do you, how does that make you feel right now as you're, as you're listening to this episode? How does it make you feel to know that God is stirred by your passion in life? God stirred by it. Why? Because God gave you that passion. He gave you that heartbeat. Man, I know people that are stirred when they, when they think about missions trips, going on missions trips to different third world countries. That stirs their passion. Man, they, they work a job, you know, 40 hour a week job, and they save up their vacation time because they want to, they want to go on these missions trips and they plan for it all year. Like they're, they plan for it. And they know what they're doing, man. They, they've got it all planned out. And each time they come back, they've already got a plan for the next time. And they know what, exactly what they're going to do. It stirs their passion. Man, I love that. When I was a youth pastor, I served as a youth pastor about seven years at a church in Illinois. And I loved that. I loved, loved, loved it. Because the teenagers there were just so incredibly hungry to know God. And it wasn't just... It wasn't just something that I did. Like this, this, this was a passion in my life. And I, I remember I had a little folder in my desk and I would open up that folder. In that folder, I kept clippings of different things that happened with young people around the country. I'd read an article in the newspaper, you know, uh, where somebody was hurt or somebody had done something awful as a teenager. I just cut that out and stick it in that folder. And before we had a youth activity, you know, most people would say, well, how can I keep these kids babysat for the day? Or how can I fill up the space of two hours? Um, I would look at the, before we had the youth activity, like we'd plan it all out, right? The games that we're going to play. And we had crazy wild times with the teens and I loved it. But before you get ready to have your closing time where you kind of have the afterglow time with the teens and you speak to their heart, uh, I would flip through that folder as I prepared that time frame. And I just look at that. Before I taught Sunday school, I'd just look at that. And I'd flip through that before I had those kids in front of me. And you'd read those articles and just skim through them and see the pictures of the teens. And you see the headlines, that, that, what the teens had done. And uh, this was right around the Columbine had happened. That that was in there. And I would just look at it and I would just ask myself the question, where was this kid's voice? Where were the voices in his life? Where was the, where was the youth pastor in his kid's life? What, did he ever go to church? And if he did go to church, did she, if she went to church, you know... <laughs> Where was the person that had the opportunity to speak something into their life to help them understand God? And I'm not saying they didn't have it. But for me, it was a stirring of my passion. You know, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gifts within you. And there's, that's a physical, manual action you have to do within your own heart. You know, you, you stir that up. And so I would flip to that folder and I'd look at these articles and I'd read this stuff and I'd just be like, man... This is not just a youth activity on a Friday night at the church. This is a chance. Like this is an opportunity to prevent a headline like this. Because if somebody can find the right perspective of God, if somebody can find their purpose now, if someone can find their identity, if you can find your identity in a youth activity, man, identity brings purpose. And if this is what it can, if you could do this, like if you had one chance to speak into this kid's life, what would you say? Man, on Sunday afternoons, once a month, I go speak at the correctional facility for the juvenile uh, delinquent center right there in in the town we lived in. And watching those teenagers come into that room and in chains sometimes uh, under suicide watch or wearing orange and little little guys, man, little, little teen guys with their <laughs> with their pant legs rolled up because they couldn't even fit in the in the orange jumpsuit, you know, just sitting there. And it's like, man, this kid's got a dad or a mom or an uncle or an aunt or grandma or grandparents. 
He's got somebody that on the outside that's praying for him. He has to. And if he doesn't, what hope does he have? Because he's around a bunch of thugs. And man, those were not just, I got to do this to, you know, to fill the time. It was like, this was part of my passion. I remember one uh, one time we're going in that juvenile detention center. I remember reading Jeremiah 29, 11, where he says, I have an expected end to you. And I just I said, guys, orange isn't the end. Like orange is not the end. This isn't the end that God has. Man, begin to speak into their hearts and just begin to pour in. Why? What is it? It's a passion. It stirs your heart. Man, there are people listening to this episode and you've got a passion for causes in your life. I mean, they stand out to you. You you think them, you eat them, you sleep them, you drink them. I mean, it's, it's there. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. And every breath you take, it's like it's on your mind, constantly in the back of your mind. Here's this thing. It stirs your heart. It's your why. It keeps you going. Man, I just want to say that, you know, I read this passage about, he talks about her, her speech and her lips, and he says, your, your lips cause me to notice the way you speak, the words that you say. Uh, Solomon really liked the way that her, her lips, you know, formed certain words, <laughs> you know, stuff that you wouldn't even think about. Like, he liked the way that she talked. He liked the way that she said things, the way she came up with phrases, the way that she expressed her heart. He said, I, I like that. And he said, and while, when you talk, I... My eyes always see your passion. He said, your passion stirs me. It's something very attractive about you is your passion. And I just want to say that God is God is stirred by your things that stir you. Like God's aware of you. He's aware of what your passion is. He gave it to you. So walk in it. Pursue it. Pursue it. It's part of your purpose. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope you have a I hope you have the greatest day of your life today. I really do. Thank you so much for watching. If you're just joining us for the first time, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I encourage you to click subscribe on your iTunes or Podbean. And if you're with me, you've been with me for the last several uh, days here, all the way episodes, rather all the way through. Thank you so much. You honor me for that. I appreciate feedback. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all of that. You can find me there. It's usually Daniel Stombaugh or uh, the man on the wall on Instagram. Uh, I encourage you to find me on there. Find me up. Contact me. Let me know what stands out to you. If you have a question about Song of Solomon, I love feedback. You can go to danielstombaugh.com, and there's a Contact Me tab on there. If you have questions, shoot them to me, and I'd be more than happy to introduce them or talk about those as we roll through upcoming podcasts. So thank you so much for joining with me today. Have a fantastic day. God bless you, and we will see you next time.